with my good friend Ella, who was in town from Hawaii a few weeks ago when we recorded this. So she gives her story of how she decided to move to Hawaii just a few years ago. Um, she's been kind of going back and forth, coming back to the States in the summers the last couple of years, but mostly been living off the land in Hawaii. So we get the backstory on that decision, which I had never heard before, so it was a treat for me to, to hear that and to um, share it here on the podcast. Some of the topics we get into, um, well, we're sort of dancing around this recurring theme of the metaphorical nature of reality. So I thought that was a pretty fun um, exploration. And some other topics, we're talking about like facts versus truth, which sort of goes into that idea. Um, the idea of the void was a really, really potent topic for me to, to hear about from Ella's perspective. That was really cool. Uh, we talk about the balance of fulfilling self-need versus being of service to the community. So keeping that in balance and a bunch of other topics. Um, but that's the gist of it. So this was a really fun episode for me. It was really great to hear Ella's story, and I hope you enjoy as much as I did. Um, we started with Ella kicking off with a little grounding meditation, so let's dive on in.
Thank you for that. Seriously, I was mm-hmm. feeling kind of scattered, so mm-hmm. feeling a lot more grounded. Right. I had Kim um, do a singing bowl grounding meditation mm-hmm. before we started last week. Nice. It's just really nice, as as you know, Kim's yeah, got, yeah, so she's got good. all the vibes, all the bowls for all the vibes, and uh, it was a quick one. Usually, she goes like all the way up the chakras and all the way down and everything. Yeah. It was just kind of a quick little check in, which was really nice. I kind of, I feel like that would be a cool way to start podcasts mm-hmm. in general maybe make that a consistent consistent yeah. thing that i do i won't Is always it... uh impose it upon whoever i'm talking <laughs> with to do it for me but i had a feeling that you had some 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 good flow with it so <laughs> checked out yeah it's nice to like check in with ourselves and then also like reach that i feel like when we check in with our our own selves together it helps us reach that like common frequency totally we can be more in the flow with our conversation absolutely absolutely yeah that's that's a really good point i never really thought about it that way but that's how i feel about oming yeah yeah just tune into yeah similar frequency getting um more on like already on like a subconscious level like tuning in with harmony Mm. you know to like we're building each other up you know it's not like a dominating conversation where like someone's trying to like you know do all the talking and that sort of thing i'm sure we've all been in that dynamic before (laughs) and it's it's not fun it's not fun to be on either side of that it doesn't feel like it can progress much it's like it stops the flow usually if one person's talking the other person starts zoning out at least that's usually Mm -hmm. what i do yeah yeah (laughs) if i'm on that end of it (laughs) Yeah, at that point, if you don't feel like you're being received, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah you're gonna get bored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what a conversation's about—is giving and receiving. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's weird because there's certain there's certain people that that that'll happen a lot with, and it's like I know that we can reach a common connection and everything, but it's like, yeah, it's it's hard to know when your words are like. When, when it's time to speak and when it's time to just listen, I guess sometimes people just need someone to listen to them, yeah. you know, which, mm-hmm. um, we all got those little childs in us that want to be heard. Yeah, exactly. Which actually sort of reminds me of something you said at Carolyn's the other day. You were talking about someone, oh, you're talking about that reading you got mm. from, um, the festival. Do you want to, do you want to tell that story? Sure. Um, (laughs) yeah, so I was at, we were at the Rebirth Festival, Mm -hmm. and I was there with, um, Lucinda and, um, her three-year-old, Nora, and, uh, Nora ran into a booth because she spotted some gum, (laughs) (laughs) and, um... (laughs) So the guy gave her a piece of gum, and um, we just approached to yeah uh, retrieve Nora, and um, he proceeded to casually tell us that Nora was a uh, white witch, <laughs> a Nordic white witch, I believe. Hmm. Did he use the word druid? Druid. All? That's okay. yeah, druid. Is that what it was? Uh huh. Yeah, and then he said that. Yeah, Lucinda um, is also a druid. That's like her ancestral line is druid. And um, yeah, he he said, I see everything. And um, <laughs> and if you want a reading, then let me know. And we just stood there and then he just kept telling us things. And 
um, yeah, he expressed to Lucinda some um, fears that she had been facing and um, gave her the confidence to uh, face those fears and I expressed uh, to her to tune more into her feelings instead of uh, her knowing. And then he looked at me and um, uh, reminded me that I am worthy of love, which is my like biggest challenge of convincing myself that I'm worthy of love. And then um, he told me to uh, imagine to, to uh, often tune into the fact that the whole universe is holding me all the time. Uh, the ground is holding me, the wind is holding me, um, the trees are holding me, my friends are holding me. And um, as a really big one for me because I uh, have been recently discovering and um, tuning into uh, the impact that I had from not being held much as an infant and how that has affected my life as an adult and how I can heal from that and shift those patterns around that were created from that. So it, it hit right with the soul. And uh, yeah, and he also shared that Lucinda and I have known each other for lifetimes, many lifetimes, and we're kind of partners and like soulmate partners, which we kind of always knew, um, but we just didn't have verification of that. <laughs> and yeah, he also shared that in one lifetime, we were moons dancing around a planet, which is really powerful. That's so wild. Yeah. <laughs> and so since then, we've been calling each other moon. And nice. um, it's like, we feel this, like we, we are like the same, but opposites. And so we balance each other out. And like in in the past it caused a lot of conflict in our dynamic because we we're so different um and we would disagree a lot and now we like it, that that conversation helped us understand that we're supposed to be different because we have to balance each other out mm. so it was really helpful for our relationship and it was like really empowering um for both of us yeah that's awesome really cool experience. yeah i love that so many things it makes me think of like First thing, well, when you said your moons, I'm just like, what does that even mean? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so moons have souls or something? I mean, you know, I could definitely play in that uh, cosmology, mm-hmm. you know, when you sort of like get privy to the idea or experience that, you know, everything you can see is consciousness yeah. in some form maybe um slowed down to a dense vibration of physical matter mm. you know maybe inanimate objects but like oh sorry for all that tapping <laughs> tap tap, tap. <laughs> you know that um we've melded and molded into you know uh tools of our own desire and and function and everything but like yeah i definitely do resonate with that idea that everything really is consciousness like yeah. playing these forms you know, I totally temporarily feel that. right mm-hmm. yeah but um what it made me think of though about the you guys being moons it's kind of taking it in a different angle of like how much of this is metaphor mm. you know what i mean Right. Like life in general how much of this is metaphor yeah. but like sp- specifically when we're doing readings or things like mm-hmm. that or talking about past lives even like i think that we can get caught up in like 
wanting to um, assert like a scientific factual mindset, mm. right? The scientific method or pursuit is like looking to find verifiable like facts. Mm-hmm. And we even know that within that, facts are fluid. Yeah. You know, I weigh X on Earth, but my weight is going to be like less than that on the moon. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, okay, so you can zoom out and say, well, yeah, but that's just not the most the most real fact you know <laughs> so it's like yeah exactly so like where do you draw that line you know um but what was i getting at so like that pursuit of truth and like wanting to be able to have it as like verifiable that time and time again it still proves itself mm. i think applying that to spirituality and to like the ineffable mm-hmm. the mystery um i think we can really catch ourselves in some webs by doing that because yeah. i don't think that the mystery is a fact i don't think truth is factual you know right. i think it's uh by definition by its inherent nature it is a mystery at least from our standpoint you know being informed being human animals like mm-hmm. i don't know that we can ever I don't know. I don't want to put us in boxes. I think maybe we can experience truth, but I don't know that we can ever really truly verbalize it or communicate about it. Yeah. I feel like it's more, it's more a feeling. Um, And to me, it's like that feeling of love. And that's really all that I can know is true and real. Um, And even that it's like, I can't even describe what that feeling is. And we all have different perspectives of, of what love is. Um, but yeah, for my personal truth, the only thing that I know is real and not an illusion is that feeling of love. And yeah, it's like, I feel that. it's totally indescribable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to just try to describe it, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel you like I know what you're saying, um, but being such a heady type of personality, like. In my pursuits and exploration, like, I've sort of developed a relationship with love that, like, even love to me isn't, like, the deepest truth. Mm. I think it's leading us to it. Mm. I think love is, like, synonymous with gravity. I think love is that force that, like, keeps us together, keeps the seemingly separate, Mm. the illusion of separateness within the the illusion of separateness. It's the force, the mysterious force that's keeping things united. You I know? feel that, yeah, it's a thing that connects every, yeah. everything and everyone. Right, and just everywhere. like gravity. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like, magnetizing us into the center of the universe, which is, you know, not one location. Right. It's like the center of the universe, yeah. you know, which is inside I, each of us, I think. It's inside each of ourselves, you know? Yeah, that's it's true. Timeless. It's timeless. I guess the difference would be that gravity is like love is everywhere gravity isn't necessarily right yeah i guess you're right i mean i don't know i don't know that i don't know that we know i guess we've been told that like in outer space and the void that it's like void of gravity but like certainly there must be i don't i think it's just different i think the levels of gravity are different that's true yeah because the planets something's keeping sorry Something's keeping the planets and all the things in orbit yeah. and whatever. I guess you could say that's the, the solar systems. Like the sun is such a mm. dense gravitational pull that it's keeping these 
planetary bodies in orbit. But yeah, I guess mm-hmm. maybe they're swimming in in the void, <laughs> which which again, like maybe truth does go beyond love, you know. And it's not that like <laughs> truth is void and it's all darkness and like no, it's like like you said, you're being held like that void. We have, mm-hmm. a, I think that we have culturally a negative association with the word void and mm-hmm. like all that and darkness and the unknown and death and all that stuff. But like, I think that if we were to mature our relationship with those things, like we would just bloom such more vibrant experiences and experiences. Yeah. <laughs> if we could come to terms with like what it means, what does the void mean? What is, um, what is the unknown? Obviously we can't totally define it Mm -hmm. that's the point but we can like redefine our relationship to it you know yeah i've been working on that just trying to just feel the void instead of fill it i know often Mm. i i get distracted and just fill it with different things but Mm -hmm. the times that i can just be like okay that's i'm feeling the void let me just sit with that it usually transforms into something really beautiful Exactly. I love that. Yeah. One of my good friends calls uh, the void God's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a funny metaphor. I don't know that I necessarily vibe with it <laughs> as like a uh, accurate or functional metaphor. <laughs> I think um... somehow it's helpful to him. <laughs> like, I love the void. It's God's butthole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, I can see that. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Because, like, the butthole isn't what holds all of the rest of the body. You know? I guess it does if you're sitting on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. funny. That's a good one. I just, I think of it more in terms of, like, yin-yang. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, like, yin being the, the receptive force. The, you know, that's probably the wrong word, force. Like, the the receptive energy mm-hmm. much like a canvas a blank canvas is the receptive mm-hmm. medium it the for space. yeah it holds the space so like we can't have beauty or ugliness or anything without the void without right. the canvas of being yeah mm-hmm. for us to become mm-hmm. through and then and um so that's why, like, you know, when we take a more, like, trying to assert some sort of, like, finite truth, trying to assert some sort of factual mythology, you know, which, like, individuals do, religions do, you know, whatever. Um, I think when we do that, we're kind of missing the point that, like, we are it. Mm-hmm. That, like, we are the unfolding of the divine, you know, mm-hmm. and I think you were talking about, you brought up, um, you know, self-worth mm. and stuff like that. I think that culturally we've had really low self-worth for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And that that's probably part of why we have developed a relationship to a, a God being like this hierarchical God, this like mm-hmm. external, like fatherly almost we've gendered it, you know, yeah, type of thing. And I think, um, that maybe that's rooted in like, who knows, maybe it was rooted in someone's visionary experience and whatever, you know, but I think that maybe like part of that is this need to, like you said, fill the void of our own, Mm -hmm. our own divinity, our own love. 
Yeah. And being and deservingness to be here, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, it's like not recognizing that we have all that, all that we need and that we can be our own guide and protector and everything, yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like, it gets freaking complex and convoluted. Like, there's... The ego is one hell of a drug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, so we can definitely wrap ourselves up in... Um, patterns and and webs of mental stuff i mean it's easy for me to talk about this stuff it's not easy for me to change my habits or Mm -hmm. to you know change my relationship to myself and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but um that doesn't mean just because it's challenging that it's not worth doing right you know and you're inspiring me just by saying um that reminder of like to feel the void Mm -hmm. rather than trying to fill it that's Mm -hmm. that's really great yeah mantra to remember Mm -hmm. real I think feeling is really important and it's it's um I can see how yeah this whole journey of life is can be really scary and I think for a lot of humans we really want to know things exactly we want to know what's going on and um we crave that certainty yeah it's yeah it's like a security Mm -hmm. but it's really a false security because we don't know anything Mm -hmm. um but in the with the things that we don't know it gives people security to just say yeah, um, um, or just to have this, um, the story of a, of a, yeah, Godfather figure that takes care of us, which, yeah, um, we are always divinely provided for and cared for, uh, so that is true. It kind of goes back, not to cut you off if you had something else to no, you can add go. to it, but it kind of gets to what I was getting at with, like, what is what what of this is metaphor Mm. you know and i think that's where we get tripped up is when we mistake metaphor for fact Mm -hmm. even facts themselves are metaphors but that's probably going too far for this (laughs) i mean i kind of already already described that though it's all a metaphor because everything is a mirror and it's like yeah the whole our whole existence is one big mirror and so then like every experience that we have is like a metaphor for something else absolutely and it's a mirror of a miracle you know is that 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 word miracle, miracle. <laughs> <laughs> you know but i think that that's a fun like energy to play in like the mirrors of miracles like cuz it just it we're reflecting mystery Mm. like that word miracle is like there's no explanation Mm -hmm. it's just but it's beautiful you know i've rarely heard of like ugly miracles you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i guess the way however you spin it but you know (laughs) yeah i don't know Mm. i i I feel like even on the most grand scale and this is me uh always got to take it there but um i yeah i think life itself is a is a metaphor you know, I think it's um, kind of, you know, like like a dream. It's like a dance. Yeah. And so like a metaphor for what? For the dance, I guess. It's but like what, what like dance is probably a better way of putting it because that doesn't imply like a function. You dance mm-hmm. just because we dance. Yeah. You know, for, for fun or for expression or just, I mean, you could say that plants, what they're doing is dancing, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be for fun, just... It's just the the motion. Yeah, it's just the flow. Yeah, the flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, to ground myself down from all that uh, <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> so you're back in the states from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so, um, you know, I don't think I've ever gotten like the full story of what, what led you out to, to staying in Hawaii. <laughs> Is that something you feel like sharing? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Is it a funny story? <laughs> it's, it's a good story. It's yeah. a pretty quick one, actually. Okay. Um, it's really simple. <laughs> she started grinning. And I was like, you don't want to go there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was living here in Cincinnati um, as a social worker, uh, typical life, living in the city. And then I made a friend who was a traveler and I'd never met any travelers before. Um, so just meeting him was pretty expansive. Um, and he, I spent a few months with him and then he left to go traveling again. And one day I was on the phone with him and um, he was out in Oregon and I said, so what are you doing next? And he said, I don't know. Um, I think I might hop over to Hawaii for the winter. And I was like, wow, that sounds really cool. I'm jealous. And he said, why be jealous when you could do it too? And then I was like, whoa, you're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then um, he said, do you need time to think about it, to quit your job and move to Hawaii? And I said, no. <laughs> And was it hold on so like was that in one conversation yeah that's really? literally how the conversation went it was, like, i think i'm gonna go to hawaii right went, there. yeah it was like it's like him saying why be jealous you could do yeah. it too it was like b like blew my mind open mm. like oh yeah i'm free and i could do whatever i want and um and so like just it just clicked that sentence clicked and i was like yes i want to go to hawaii wow and then I bought my ticket the next day. No kidding. <laughs> wow. And yeah, I had no thoughts. I'd never thought about going to Hawaii. Um, I just like envisioned it as like some faraway honeymoon land or something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'd, like, I'd always had <coughs> um, a desire to travel yeah. and like a dream of getting a bus or something like that. And yeah. um, it always just seemed like kind of far-fetched, but I wanted it. Um, but I thought, you know, maybe I'll just save up for a few years and be able to buy a bus and that sort of thing. And, yeah. um, uh, and this opportunity was just like, uh, you just need the money for a plane ticket. And I already had that cause I'd been working. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was, it was pretty easy. Um, wow. so I just bought the ticket and then that was the first step was just buying a plane ticket. And, um, and then I had a deadline. It was like three months, um, where I yeah continued working I, and i yeah i gave my notice the next day too at work um and then just started I'm leaving yeah Hawaii's <laughs> oh, calling and they Goodbye. were like what are you gonna do there and i was like i don't know <laughs> did he know what he was gonna do there did he have like people there that no yeah he was like a rambling man okay, gotcha. <laughs> he said he wanted to sit on the beach and relax for wow. the winter um, no kidding. Yeah, and I didn't have any intentions either, but I really, like, I just felt <clears> this, <throat> like, freedom within him that I was maybe a little envious of, and I yeah. wanted for myself. Um, and so, and I've always been kind of impulsive. <laughs> so, gotcha. yeah, I just did it. And, um, <coughs> yeah, Excuse over me. the following months, I let go of all my possessions, and that felt so freeing. Um, and I, I mostly just gave it all away. Yeah. I, I gave everything away. I don't think I sold anything. I just gave it all. And that felt so good. And, mm -hmm, wow. and then I went and actually like, so it was just him and I at first. And then over the the next few months, we like 
got a few other people on board, and so it turned into a group of six of us that oh, really? all went together. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. All from Cincinnati? Um, three of us were from Cincinnati, and the other three were from other places. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. So did you not feel like there was anything really tethering you to Cincinnati? Like, nothing that you really, like... Felt mm. like, you know, you'd already sort of rooted yourself into that you were, like, uprooting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting. Well, I had just met Language of Light. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part was I was, like, um, yeah, I finally have a friend group that I feel, like, really seen by and supported by. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I've been wanting forever. Yeah. Um, but I actually saw it as as kind of like a test Um and oh, and my job, like, I really loved my job. I'd just gotten a new car. I had a really nice apartment that I loved. And yeah, and then a really awesome friend group. So I was like really satisfied with my life here, actually. Yeah. Um, but I just knew that there was more out there for me. And um, I, yeah, I was seeing it as, as a test of my attachments. Because wow. I, um, yeah, and it's, it is interesting to think back on because I didn't think that I was that advanced in my spiritual thought at that point in my life but i was i did see that i remember thinking yes like spirit gave me everything that i wanted here uh just to see if i was gonna settle wow massive respect for that that's (laughs) that's not easy to do to like give up you know comfort a Mm -hmm. and b like to 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 say yes to the invitation to you know, distance yourselves from attachments. That's yeah. not easy. Yeah. Props. <laughs> nice it was respect. definitely thrilling. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So what did you find when you got there? Uh. <laughs> 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 so many things, I'm sure. So much. Yeah. So so we went with, like, zero plans. Um, this was a big thing with my, my friend that was, like, guiding us all because he was the, the traveler and the leader or, like, the... Dis- not leader, but the decider to go to Hawaii, he lived um, in the moment, in the present moment, and he never made any plans. And so I, like, in the months leading up, I'd be like, so what are we going to do if we, you know, I had all these, like, fears, and he'd be like, we'll just see, we'll just see what happens, we're just going to get, and yeah, I'd be like, what's the plan? And he'd be like, well, we're going to get to the airport. I'm like, okay. <laughs> then what? <laughs> but I just trusted. Yeah. I I trusted so much. I just like really felt that this was what I was supposed to do. And yeah, I got to the airport. We first went to Oahu. So I actually went with just me and my partner at the time. Um, the Like we all went, there was six of us, but we all like went within like a couple weeks of each other like not the exact oh, okay. flight yeah and so we went to oahu first and um just with a pack um not much money um and we were only there for like two weeks and we just camped around uh i learned how heavy a pack is <laughs> um and uh we did some like yeah we were just completely depending on like the flow and we just um yeah we'd meet people and they'd give us suggestions and we'd flow around and camp in different places and like we came through there was a lot of challenges especially like physical challenges like 
hiking up a mountain that's like all mud and we're just like kept falling and sliding because mm. like the pack is weighing us down and those sort of things kept happening and then just like being out in nature completely with nothing else no phone service or a dead phone and like um i had never really experienced anything like that i yeah, lived the city life my whole life and right, I, i'd yeah. go on like camping trips to like campgrounds you know where yeah, like all right. your amenities are, are provided for yeah. so um, it was my first experience being like just me and the earth and, um, and one of, yeah, and my partner. Um, so that was very scary and it brought up a lot of like inner triggers, um, but we made it through and then, so yeah, the first, the first couple of weeks was mostly that just like camping and walking around with the pack and, oh, the very first night, um, <laughs> So I like got a suggestion from some random person on Facebook, which is actually Bodhi. I didn't, I wasn't really friends with him at the time, but I just saw that he had been to Hawaii of a place to camp. And so we like hiked up a big hill and made it to this place from the airport. And we're like walking in and then there's like a park ranger person that, um, and it's like dark out by now. And he's like, what are you doing? You can't camp here. And we got really scared, so we just started running. <laughs> and um, we, like, both fell multiple times. <laughs> and then eventually we just, like, set up a hammock uh, on, like, the edge of this cliff. <laughs> and we're like, all right, this is where we're going to be. Wow. And we didn't set up a tarp or anything because we we're, like, so terrified about, like, getting in trouble or something. Hmm. Um, and then overnight it starts pouring down rain. And we both kind of do, like, the like deer in the headlights thing where we just freeze about it so then we get completely drenched soaking oh, wet no. and our pack is so wet and uh, yeah this is our entryway into hawaii and then so then in, when the sun rose the next morning we just like took all our stuff all wet and we white walked like a mile to a mcdonald's and dried all of our things in the blow dryer oh in the bathroom God. yeah no kidding so that was the beginning wow and then um we flew to the Big Island because uh, two of our, our two other people in our group ha that had landed first, they said that they felt called to the Big Island, and so we um, had we went there and we got there and um, we were planning on taking. They were at a community like three hours away from the airport. And so we land and we were going to take the bus there and we get there and find out that it's a Hawaiian holiday and there's no mm. buses. Oh, wow. Um, so then I was like, all right, we'll get to try hitching for the first time. And so we go out to the road and we start hitching. Um, were you pretty nervous to do that? I wasn't very nervous. No. I was excited. Yeah. My partner was nervous yeah. and discouraged and mm. Um, so it was mostly just me and I was like dancing on the road and like, um, <laughs> um, we, uh, it actually started raining again too. So we're like, yeah, we're standing in the rain. It was like an hour that we're standing out there. Um, and then eventually someone picks us up and he pulls over and, um, he's like, welcome. And we get in the car and his name's Pablo and, um, and he's like, sorry, you got to um, make space for the, uh, er, I've got a bunch of plants in here. And we get in, there's just like a bunch of ganja plants. <laughs> and um, like scoot them, scooting them over and trying to squeeze in. <laughs> and like, all right, cool. 
And then he's like, where are you headed? And I'm like, uh, I think it's called Pune. And he was like, perfect. That's where I'm going. Oh, nice. I was like, oh, cool. So we got a ride all the way <laughs> three hours to our where we needed to go. How many plants did he have in his... Was it a truck? <laughs> no, it was a Jeep, which okay. actually, another cool story is that um, like a year later, I ended up buying that vehicle no kidding <laughs> oh wow so it was the f- first vehicle i ever got in on the island and then it was my vehicle and i That's had it funny. until recently when some unfortunate thing happened to it but yeah gotcha so he gave us a ride all the way and it was really perfect and it just showed me it's just like things kept proving to me how provided for and guided uh, i am and wow. we are all of us yeah. um yeah and so that worked out really smoothly. He dropped us off at a yeah, grocery store where I met up with my friend and then and then um my friend we took me took us to the community that they were living in called Cinderland. Okay. And um we didn't know anything about this place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting the vibe that it wasn't that great of a spot. <laughs> well, I get there and I was like, wow. Oh my gosh, this is real life. It's paradise. Yeah. There's just like, it's in the jungle. There's fruit trees everywhere. And um, yeah, we like arrive and people are like, here's some, here's a coconut, fresh coconut. Here's some juice I made with an orange. And here's a relinia. It's this like really tasty fruit that tastes like bananas and mangoes. And, oh, wow. Um, I'm just like in paradise. It's amazing. And there's like all these fun people like jamming out, playing music. And um, yeah, it seemed really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks can be deceiving. Yes. <laughs> How long did you end up staying there? Four months. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think we all got kind of cozy there yeah. in a comfort zone there. Um and I So it didn't get weird right away or So I started seeing weird things pretty early on mm. and getting concerned. But the rest of the people in my group didn't notice. So then I was kind of questioning myself hmm. and thinking maybe I'm just paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this is where it's going to lead. We, it seems like... we don't have to go there. And if you do want to tell me the story, we don't have to put this part in the podcast. I mean, I can totally talk about it. It's just really out there. <laughs> I, I, I'm on the edge of my pillow. <laughs> just put it that way. <laughs> I've not right. heard the story. So... Yeah, this this land, it was, um, oh, actually, so, <laughs> so, like, a week after we get there, um, it's the 20-year anniversary of this community. Okay. Um, this guy had, like, just, like, he basically pirated this, this area of lava. It was just lava, and hmm. then he, like, brought in a bunch of soil, and then... Him and his hippie friends just started camping there. Okay. Uh, twenty years prior. Hmm. Um, and so for the twenty-year celebration, uh, we have. He's like, we're gonna have a party. Um, and he gets like a bunch of boxes of wine and some other things, and he's like, we're gonna watch this documentary. <laughs> okay. Party time. <laughs> and. Um, it's a documentary about the place. <laughs> okay. 
being a um so they had electricity on this oh yeah solar okay electricity yeah it was really set up there was water catchment and solar um it was like to me it was like luxury yeah like at one point i had i was living and this is why we got comfortable is because yeah it's like all of our food was provided for because all the fruit trees and then like i was living in, in the goddess dorm which is what it was called which is like this like beautiful like wooden home with like a king-sized bed with like golden curtains and fairy lights and like my own little kitchen and um it was all screened in where i was just surrounded by the jungle and i just like fell asleep to the cokey frogs every night and it was really incredibly beautiful yeah Yeah. and it's like walking distance to like the ocean and Mm -hmm. yeah really beautiful part of the island nice yeah um so yes this this so you're man watching the documentary yeah his his name is jesus okay some people call him jesus <laughs> i'm listening <laughs> does he call himself jesus <laughs> no not in so many words and when i ask him if he thinks he's jesus he laughs and says no However, but he really loves acting. Okay, he's super into acting. Yeah, he's like he likes putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so this documentary, yes, um, I think it was like a CNN documentary about um, doomsday cults. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was featuring Cinderland, mm. <laughs> and um, so. Jesus put on this whole show for CNN because he also likes money. He calls himself the prophet for profit. <laughs> Whoa. It's <That's> pretty transparent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's very, he's very transparent. He doesn't yeah. hide anything. Um, <laughs> so um, they film a documentary. This was like a, it was, it was like 10 years ago. The documentary I was, was, okay. was filmed. Okay. But yeah, so we're watching it for the 20 year anniversary. And for clarity, this was about two years ago or two yeah. before? Okay. Two years two ago. Year, okay. Yep. It was January, maybe beginning of February of 2020. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this documentary is about Cinderland. And um, he is completely. In this whole role of, in, and in the documentary, he's Jesus. Mm. And everyone there thinks he's Jesus. And he talks about his prophecy, um, <laughs> which is some sort of yeah, end of the world prophecy where. <laughs> this is so silly. <laughs> <laughs> I am so curious where this is going. um so i and i just also want to mention that prior to starting the documentary or telling us what the documentary is about Mm -hmm. he offers everybody lsd okay gotcha (laughs) so we're all sitting there there's also that yeah that's a whole nother level of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, and he puts it on like we don't have TVs there or anything, so it's okay. like this tiny. Oh, and it's it never got aired, so oh. it's only for yeah. CNN never aired it. Huh. Do you know why? No. 
Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. So it's on like a USB. Okay. In this little laptop. So there's gotcha. like 30 of us surrounding this I little was laptop. I yeah, if there's like a projector or yeah. something. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, goodness. <sighs> yeah. So, um, so you're watching this documentary from space. Yeah. yeah from space. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. And it's just like, uh, I'm, I'm just like, is this, everyone's laughing and I'm like, this is actually getting kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Is this my reality right? Am I awake? Is this a dream? What's happening? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the documentary goes on to say that he uh he his goal in making money from this documentary is to build an ark. Mm. <laughs> like Noah. Yes, like Noah. Okay. Because the end of the world was coming. Mm-hmm. And um, he was going to save as many people as he could, as many people that could fit on this ark. Wow. Yeah. Because he is, yeah, Jesus. And he's the savior. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so this is what was being portrayed in the documentary? Yes. Okay. Um, but it's like all an act. It got really weird. It got so... Con- this was the confusing part. Is like, he's like laughing and this is all an act and then yeah. everyone's laughing and then, but like at the same time, I'm like, it, is it an act? Yeah, it feels a little <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, and so that's about, that's mostly what I remember from the documentary is, is just like, yeah, a lot of like, yeah, dramatic recordings of him talking about his prophecy and everyone around talking about how amazing he is and, and then his mission to build this ark. Mm-hmm. So he does end up using the money to build an ark. On the land. Uh, Now that Ark has been taken apart and turned into a yoga studio. Okay. (laughs) Since then. Yeah. So so that was the beginning of my... (laughs) Wait, so he got money from who? CNN. They paid him. Why? Because... (laughs) I don't understand. Is that what CNN's doing? (laughs) They're paying people to come up with crazy stories for them to make documentaries of yeah i guess so (laughs) wow i mean i knew they were in the entertainment industry but i didn't know it went that far (laughs) yeah i'm very i mean jokes aside i'm really curious why they paid him i know it's really so interesting and like when you look it up you can see like you can google and see um like snippets of the documentary but you can't find the whole thing Hmm. um yeah you could totally do your own research if you're interested later so uh, what what happened the rest of that night or the rest of your time there? <laughs> was the rest of the night weird or did it did it just kind of breeze it off like Yeah, everyone was just like, "Ha ha ha, that yeah. is so funny." Yeah. You're so funny, Jesus. Yeah. Um Yeah, and and uh, th- honestly, the whole time period of my life is like one giant dream. I could see that. And yeah, it's like Things started getting weird <laughs> in so many ways, indescribable ways. Yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, this is interesting. Okay. I've never thought about this, but it is very much a microcosm to the macrocosm. Sure. Wow. Okay. This is clicking for me. It was totally like um, a, a, a metaphor for the matrix. 
And it was like I was the only one waking up. Mm. And so, you know, when you start your journey of awakening and you think you're crazy and you're like, whoa, what's happening? No one sees what I'm seeing. That's what happened. And so then, like, for a few months, I was there, like, something weird is going on. Like, this is not okay. Yeah. And then all my friends were just like, what do you mean? We're living in paradise. Mm, It's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Starting to feel like a Black Mirror episode or something like that. (laughs) It totally was. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then one day, I finally was like, I can't anymore. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. You go. You go. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'll remember. So I wake up one morning and I was like, I'm leaving. Today's the day I'm leaving. And so I get out. I like run out of bed. I like pack all my stuff really quickly and I just go. And then I like hitch out of um, Cinderland and I get dropped off at the grocery store in town. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I sit there and I'm like, okay, spirit, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm completely in the unknown right now. I have no, like, all my friends, they actually were, like, started to reject me because I was, like, like waking up to this, like, um, community being weird, and they were, like, really in their comfort zone about it. So right. they just... Real quick. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. with you. So what was your suspicion? That it was, like... That it was a cult or something? That it was a cult. That it was, like, a cult that pretended to be a cult to like put on a mask uh, that it wasn't a cult. Yeah. But it was actually a cult. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like a doomsday cult because he like that and he didn't actually think it was Jesus. So like the things that he pretended it was a cult about wasn't actually a cult. Yeah. My suspicion was that there was this like underlying brainwashing going on. To what end though? Or to what See it's what, weird. what what was anyone getting out of it? A lot of people were living. It's really is just this microcosm thing. It's like the same thing of what I see the Matrix as. It's just like that people get, they were getting in loops and they were just living the this looping life. Mm-hmm. And it was different. They like, they all felt that they had escaped the Matrix. Um, but it was still really mundane, even though it was different. Like people were staying in their like little, little shacks and they were just like doing their work trade um so you didn't have to pay to live there you work traded Mm -hmm. and so they would just do their work trade during the day and then they'd go back home and then like everyone there was a lot of like alcohol usage and like other things that when i would go or i just started noticing yeah it just really felt like a loop it was Mm. starting to creep me out like the conversations everything was just looping Mm. and yeah it just felt like this like endless spiral Mm. that like no one was getting out of and i just felt like i could see it all and no one else was seeing it and that was freaking me out hmm. so i guess well there's a couple of things coming to mind like first of all you're speaking about this loops mundane you know people just kind of working just to live or whatever um so at first my thought is like well what do you like expect i know that sounds what do you expect? Like, or like, what's your desire? Like, what, what would, what would an actual ideal mm. culture? Because mm. I mean, you know, cult is another word that just sort of gets a bad rep. Like, what right. is a cult? You know, like, right? I yeah, mean, cult culture. What's the difference, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's um, a word that people are like afraid of. Yeah, because there have been certain cultures and groups of people that went 
crazy and you know all had like suicide packs and stuff like that so like i understand why yeah. there's fear in that uh-huh. um but again who knows what was going on in their minds or souls you know like there's no facts here so i, I mean <laughs> I, I get it no one wants to see their family member you know get all swooped up in a culture that ends up ending their lives together or something like yeah of course that's yeah. ugly you know but um, uh-huh. anyway there's a lot of culty behavior in all sorts of different pockets of society mm-hmm. you know i won't start pointing fingers but you all can find your own examples <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah well i guess my question is like so what what how could it have been like better for you and then i started to answer the question myself i was like well i guess like you didn't feel like you were you're like spiritually growing at that point like mm-hmm. were there not there weren't lessons there were just loops is that how it felt I definitely, I was going through a lot of growth um, because, so it was, okay, it was kind of like the void, actually. It was really, there was a lot of dark energy there, like what I would call dark energy. I mean. Ego shit? What? Just ego stuff? Yeah. Um, And... Just everything's really intensified on the island because um, it's like a volcano in the middle of the ocean or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so energetically, everything was really intense. And so there was like some, what some might perceive as dark work, but, you know, the whole non-duality thing, it's all the same. Uh, but it was like, for me, it was an energy of rebirth. It's like that dark mother energy. Um, mm. We're like, just... oh, go ahead. describe that. I was wondering specifically what you meant by like dark and like dark energy and like is is that what you're about to describe? <sighs> okay, dark energy. Like um, what what things were happening that felt like spiritual were people being taken advantage of and stuff? Spiritual manipulation. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of people that would arrive there with like these fresh like like fresh on their journey fresh on their spiritual journey mm-hmm. people that are kind of just like looking for a guru of okay. sorts um and then there would be like people that appear as gurus cuz of the way they hold themselves their char- charisma or the way they dress or something mm-hmm. or all the knowledge that they have and that they can spew out um that don't have pure intentions that have more self-serving intentions. Mm, I see. I see. Power, greed. Gotcha. I just wanted you to kind of, yeah. Yeah. And so then I just, I me. was witnessing a lot of like young, naive, new, fresh on their journey, very um, malleable souls. Yeah. Impressionable. Impressionable. Yeah. That's the, the word. Yeah. So there was a sort of mythology that was being spewed by maybe the higher ups in the community, so to speak. Like, was there like lots of talk about like i don't know the matrix or something like oh we're free here mm-hmm. like that type of thing mm-hmm. okay. yeah yeah there was um and everyone had their own it was almost like twisted perspectives of spiritual tr- truth okay like they would use it to manipulate like very common spiritual truths they would use it to manipulate hmm okay yeah but I don't know, through all of this, I got to the point of the, my view of non-duality. Mm. 
So there was a moment in here that I was in fear about it. Yeah. But I was still living there. And I, um, like, there was multiple times that I, like, really wanted to leave and get out. And I was feeling afraid. Um, but then I, it was, like, that was where all my friends were. That's my only home. I, like, didn't, I was, yeah, I was afraid. Yeah. And I also couldn't, didn't know how to leave. And um, anyways, by the time I left, I ended up shifting. Actually, yeah, like once I left and got a clear head, got space from it and grounded back into myself and what my truth was and what I saw as real, that's actually what led me to my perspective of non-duality because I saw that I had completely transformed. Like, I feel like it was like my time like in 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 a cocoon or something. Like, mm. where it was so dark. It was some of the darkest months of my life. But like, I completely shed like so much of my my own um like cage and i'd freed myself and i if i hadn't gone through all of these like weird mysterious kind of dark experiences i wouldn't have been freed as freed as i was Mm -hmm. and even some like moments that i i my ego perceived as (laughs) life-threatening were like made me so much stronger in myself and my trust in in my own connection and protection from source. Yeah. It strengthened me so much. I can see that. Yeah. And I'm like so for that reason I'm like eternally grateful for Cinderland. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live there ever yeah, again, but right. I do still visit and um yeah. um not often. Yeah. Are there a lot of people that are still there from the time that you, other than like the higher up, so to speak? A few people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it's really not, it's so weird. It's not as bad as I was perceiving it because, but it's because my perspective shift into non-duality right. to where I see that it's all like. How, playing well, a role. Yeah. It's all playing a role. And yeah, even like especially people in like night like people fresh on their journey, they have to learn um uh what's the word? Um discernment. discernment. Yeah. And this is like it's like a like a crash course for discernment. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah, sure. and there's just like so many characters come through there mm-hmm. that like y- you start to see like you start to be able to see through the illusion of like these like spiritual characters mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i'm just getting a big like like you said metaphor and microcosm yeah it's because it's like obviously i don't know exactly what was going on the ins and outs of whatever was going on there um but the fact i don't know how to describe it but i i, I feel what you're getting at with that being a microcosm and like kind of that we'll call American society a macrocosm of that. So like us being, me being in a macrocosmic um, version of that, What basically what you were calling the matrix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we could get deep into different definitions of the matrix, but I think you were basically talking about just like mainstream society. Mm-hmm. Um, capitalist, materialist mindset, mm-hmm. paradigm and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So me like being in that, and so many people in that 
uh, you know, kind of like what does a fish say about the water it's swimming in? You know, you don't have any other reference point. That's kind of just that's it. Yeah. But you had sort of a reference point because you were fresh on this island. You did experience what it's like to just be with the earth for a couple of days or however, however long that was. Yeah. And then to find yourself in a community again that was like basically different shades of the same shit right Mm -hmm. like it was basically the same type of lifestyle working to live here you know earning a living right by spent how you spend your daytime and the nighttime maybe you know you said drinking alcohol and just like you know whatever like still having your separate space disconnectedness yeah Mm -hmm. and uh so then that being like a more um I don't know how to put it, but just like a more obvious mirror to you. Like, is this what I want? Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like me and all the different fish swimming in the ocean of capitalism, you know, like we don't necessarily have a, f- 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Or phrase I'm looking for? Fresh air, you know, like a glimpse of yeah. something else to like reference like mm-hmm. oh is this how i want to live mm-hmm. i mean of course a lot of a lot of people are waking up to yeah they don't we don't want to live in a capitalist loop yeah. forever because we also see that that loop doesn't go on forever that that loop actually results in the destruction of our planet and our, yeah. our habitat and it's it's not a sustainable way of living um but yeah I but just, it's hard I to get out of when you're in it like it's exactly, it's just as yeah. i was saying there where i was like this is where my friends are. Yeah. This is my, where my bed is. I'm right. like, I can come here every night and know that I have a place to stay. I know that I have food to eat. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is the trap in Absolutely. Babylon too. It's Absolutely. like, yeah, to have a place to sleep, to have our basic needs met. Not to mention all of the things that we are tethered and attached to family, mm-hmm. you know, like you were talking about um, the early phases of, you know, getting privy to what's up awakening or whatever you want to call it you know like that first one of the first phases for a lot of people is that feeling of like isolated Mm -hmm. craziness you know and like no one wants to be that dude in their family that's like yo we need to like exit society (laughs) you know at large like you know like but someone's got to do it that's what i wanted to say but like yeah i don't know i mean i think there's different approaches there's ways of um restructuring Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's like how yeah so how do we create solutions there's there is a clear problem and we're not the first to speak on it so i don't think i need to you know delve too deep in what the problem is i think we all have a sense of what the problem is Mm -hmm. in american society uh let alone global um society and capitalism and materialist paradigm you know Mm -hmm. to me that's what a lot of this boils down to consumerism capitalism all that stuff it's like i think the root of that is this materialist paradigm which is what's taught in schools this idea that you know matter is fundamental Mm -hmm. and that consciousness is just this random like fluke Mm -hmm. that's basically what the the scientists that we're all creating authorities out of anytime it's convenient to us for our you know whatever's going on in society listen to the scientists type stuff you know like the scientists don't even like verify my own consciousness they think it's a fluke like my existence is a fluke to the scientists like i'm not gonna put that much Mm -hmm. uh credence into you know whatever so i think that materialist paradigm to me is like a big faulty uh foundation 
yeah, for totally. a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're taught to prioritize the the materials and consumption. Yeah, yeah exactly. That that is somehow gonna fill the void. Mm-hmm. That's really all it's about is mm-hmm. filling the void. So it's like buy Absolutely. this new thing, buy like, and then it's like, yeah, we we get into we get like convinced that that will somehow fill the void because we all feel that we feel this void, all of us. And so then to have like someone that's like bigger than us be like, well, if you buy this new iPhone, you'll look at this commercial, look at how happy these people are. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, I want to be happy too. And so then I got to work so that I can get this thing that'll bring me happiness. And and then that's just, yeah. And the survival in it too, you know, that's the, that's the, you know, kind of privileged, um, consumerist mindset is when we have an abundance of resources that we can buy things that are, you know, uh, trivial that Mm -hmm. make us happy. But you know, that, 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 um, that threshold of that we all need to be playing the game just to have basic needs is what you're getting at. Yeah. Basic needs. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I I real, real quick want to take it to the metaphysical. Okay. Cause that's what I do. Okay. Uh, you said, you know, we're all, it's, it's all about filling the void. Like zoom all the way out. (laughs) Like that is what life is, right? That's what existence is. Is us filling the void with something rather than nothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because time is an illusion, like it's, I don't believe that it happened that like once there was nothing and then God (laughs) came and made something out of nothing. You know, I think it's this like, uh, like the toroidal field, you know, it's Mm -hmm. this infinite loop that was not made and cannot be destroyed, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we are creating something out of the void out of the infinite canvas of being that we've been calling the void you know so it's like what and any option goes right you can create anything you want in the infinite space of existence right so we've created you know planets and suns and uh these monkey stories of what's right and wrong Mm -hmm. and all this stuff you know so I think, uh, you know, really reorienting ourselves, really grounding ourselves into what do we want to focus on creating in mm. this life? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't go back in time. I can't go to the Godhead and like rearrange it. Th- Maybe I can. I shouldn't put myself in boxes. Right. But like, you know, as a human, that's not what we have access to. We do have access to the words that we share, the energy that we share, mm-hmm. the art we create, you know, the um, experiences that we create. Yeah. And are we going to just take up? the mantle from the forefathers and just continue to literally sacrifice decades of our lives to being a cog in the wheel. And, um, you know, not to say that I don't want to be a cog in a wheel, so to speak, you know, a cosmic wheel. Like, yeah, we all have our puzzle piece Mm -hmm. to add to the whole picture. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, do we believe in the things that we're working on and yeah. towards right. are we are we working towards something as a community do we have a shared vision of what we're even doing mm-hmm. yeah and good point. american society it doesn't really seem like that you know i think that's where a lot of things are dismantling is that we don't you know in the colonial times like we our shared vision was this manifest destiny like yeah that was definitely some rooted in some dark you know like you said some some ego shit Um, But at least it was uniting people, (laughs) some people. I mean, it was, you know, genocide for other people. But um, 
You know what I'm saying? That like yeah. we don't now we're just like this big police force of the globe. It's just like what what's our shared vision as a country? Yeah. What's our shared vision as a global community? You know, just to increase the bottom line every year. Like that's not sustainable. That's not even fun. Yeah. Yeah, and really, I mean, like, we're all so, well, most people, I mean, most people in society are so much wrapped up in just meeting their own needs, their needs for survival, that they don't even have much space to think about what this unified vision might be. Exactly. And, yeah, and, like, it is true that we, we totally create our own reality, and um our energy is like so precious and that's what that is what we have to create the reality we want and so many people are just like they use all their energy to work 40 hours a week so that they can live in a house and feed themselves yeah and so then that's all that they're creating is just to maintain this house and maintain the yeah survival and And yeah and to maintain a lifestyle that goes unchecked like you said we don't have a lot of people don't have time and space in their energy field to consider do i what am i even working toward what is my job like doing Mm -hmm. for society and obviously there's tons of people that do work really respectable jobs that are you know serving humanity in really beautiful ways and necessary ways and then there's of course a lot of you know i've worked jobs that were just complete bs you know just like this isn't serving anyone mm-hmm. except for some CEO somewhere. Right. You know? But even honestly, even in those jobs, cause I was a social worker, I was still like draining my energy to the point that, cause I, yeah, I was working 40 hours a week cause I, to maintain my apartment mm-hmm. and I couldn't really give my best self to my clients because all of my energy was going to that that I didn't have much energy to take care of my own self and my own what my soul wanted and um yeah so even those jobs the jobs that that are seemingly serving society they they they're still it's still a challenge if someone has to work that much it's just and I I personally think that it is a distraction to keep us from recognizing our our ability to unify and that once we all do unify Mm -hmm. all of our energy like collective energy could create the most beautiful world but that would then free us from the chains that we're all in exactly and so like the fact that it costs so much to live in a house isn't a coincidence i don't think i think that um, we're kind of forced to work so much so that we are just that we may stay distracted and in illusion about the fact that we're all one and that we could join together to like create heaven on earth. Absolutely. We, it, <laughs> we're distracted in that sense. And just, um, to be, to, to remain dependent, mm-hmm, dependent is, is part of your point. There. Yeah. You know, and, uh, gosh, talking about housing, you know, when Kara and I were looking for this house, I mean, on one hand, this house was like a huge blessing because like we spent time like imagining how it would feel to be in a house that mm-hmm. had potential to build a studio and all this stuff. And it was like, you know, we it was part of a spiritual practice to like magnet, magnetize that into our lives. And even though it felt kind of arduous at the time and we reached points of doubt and stuff, you know, like, is this really what we need are supposed to be doing? You know, it's getting mm-hmm. a house and stuff. In hindsight, it really only took a year. I know people that look for housing 
longer than that. Yeah. Um, so on one hand, it's like a really beautiful thing. On the other hand, um, part of what I saw is like how real estate is a real life game of monopoly for, for people. <laughs> and just when you get into like flipping houses and just like literally just, just the housing market in general, it's people playing just monopoly with people's, um, not livelihood, but people's houses, people's yeah. living situations yeah. or whatever. It's really it's so just, wild. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. But anyway, I don't want to harp on that too long. But um, there was something else I wanted to say about what you're saying. Um, I don't know how to escape me. Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it's really just yeah. How do we how do we really want to create these solutions? Yeah, what do we want to create? So oh yeah, that's another thing. Is like speaking about energy, all, all of our energy, or like us creating our reality, and that we we are only have so much energy to do that. Something I try to focus on is with my words, speaking about what I want to create, rather mm -hmm. than speaking about the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Solution based. Yeah. Speaking Thank and you. thinking. Yeah. And yeah. Definitely so on that page. for me, my vision is a world of harmony within and without, harmony with ourselves and um, harmony with each other and with the earth and um, priority of love instead of greed mm -hmm. and um yeah a reality where we can all not just be passerby passerbys as we walk by each other and yeah. instead actually seeing each other uh mm -hmm. taking the time to get to know one another um recognizing all of our similarities and shared human experiences yeah. and supporting each other like truly wanting to support each other instead of everyone being in a space of space of selfishness which is not our fault. Like we were, we were conditioned to be greedy and um, to worry about like our own needs. But um, yeah, so it's not our fault. But if we could transition to a, rea a reality where we are all caring about each other's needs, um, and we have more of like a gift economy where we're just like sharing, and we all have like shift to an abundance mindset, recognize that we have all that we need. And then we're just like sharing our gifts with one another. And um, I don't know, it seems it's like, it seems very far-fetched to go from this mm -hmm. reality to that, but I've seen it in Hawaii and other communities. Yeah. Um, it's definitely on its way. It's totally on its way. It it is here, right? Mm -hmm. It is here. It's just we have built up so many we've decorated time and space with this creation of mm -hmm. something that really isn't sustainable and something that is a belief that really isn't rooted in innate truth. It's just it's just simply a belief that we choose to feed, mm -hmm. a belief that we choose to hold yeah. and reinstate in one another, you know, at a societal level. I mean this level i think we're encouraging each other to tap back into the more primal um belief if you will or more pr primal position where the earth and the universe is 
abundant. Mm-hmm. It really is. Which is to say that there is renewable, never-ending resources mm-hmm. that um, we just have to align ourselves mm-hmm. with. We have to remember that that's a part of us. That's a part of our being. And if what I was getting at before, if there really is no beginning and end to being, then... Yeah, exactly. What's stopping us from experiencing that abundance, Mm -hmm. you know, that overflow of, um, not overflow, but just, you know, an appropriate flow of, of love and belongingness and, Mm um, yeah, get your needs met. It's truly all there for us. We just have to believe it. Mm -hmm. And we've been really taught to be fearful and afraid that, um, yeah, some sort of lack. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole like homelessness thing is such like a fear thing. Like, oh, you don't want to be homeless. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's so yeah. much so much around it. But I know. I know. I think part of it too is that we somewhat have a skewed sense of what our basic needs are. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um it is obviously a blessing to have a roof over my head when there's a snowstorm right you know or a rainstorm but um does that mean that i should never allow my body to feel rain right you know does that mean that i should stay in this man-made cage if you will this crate you know (laughs) to stay inside all day long you know Mm -hmm. that really siphons my energy Mm -hmm. i feel that it's really disconnective i i noticed just because I'm typically always living outside. Um, and the past few weeks I've been living in a house and I can really notice the shift. Yeah. Um, and your does, energy and mood. Yeah. And stuff. It does feel very disconnected. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just naturally more tuned in when I'm living with the earth. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. We just, we, we, it's just like, it's the consumerism mindset of like, right. yeah, like bigger, better mm-hmm. kind of ideal. Right. But I truly feel that the most blessed way to live is just simplistic. Yeah. yeah. Humble and grateful and yeah, willing to build what we have or, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um, I think there's, you're talking about consumerist stuff. You know, we have so many stories built up around like how we need to nourish ourselves too. And I have a suspicion that we probably don't need to eat uh three times a day or at least what we're eating three times a day or six times a day or ten times a day or whatever it may be god knows i've had those days (laughs) but um you know like how are we nourishing ourselves and we have we there's just there's so much around this idea of you know yeah that we have to make certain figures to feed our family and all this stuff and it's just like our priorities are just seeds in the ground yeah but that's gross what you want me to eat grass you know so we just we we've really distanced ourselves from mm-hmm. the natural flow and from mm-hmm. our our biological um relationship mm-hmm. to the earth yeah you know we have i was just talking to my little brother um on an episode a couple times ago i don't know what order we're at at this point but the one i just released this week um and he and I were talking about how much things have shifted just in our lifetime. You know, like he was born in uh, 2006 mm. 
And so, like, the internet was already in full swing throughout his whole life. But, like, you know, I sort of saw the dawn of it becoming more popular and mm-hmm. stuff. And, like, obviously remember before, you know, Smart smartphones phones. and yeah. stuff like that, you know. And it's just, like, in such a, like, relatively speaking, human history, tiny, tiny, tiny fraction have we been living the ways that we're living and that is so normal now, you know, to be inside most of the time, to be sitting so much, to mm-hmm. be using our thumbs mm-hmm. and, and our attention shining into this little digital portal into like this digital inter globe, mm-hmm. you know, the internet of the global, whatever that we're tapping into and get on TikTok, and you can have, you know, intimate interactions with a one-sided interaction with someone you otherwise never would come yeah. in contact with because they live on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. you know? And so the ways that our brains are being affected by this overload oh of gosh. information yeah. and, and technology and stuff like that, not to say that it's all bad, obviously. Right. It's good and everything. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, had some really good value come in from the internet, but I've also, like, wasted a, a lot of time mm-hmm. and a lot of energy and, you know, have messed up patterns, you know, like most people probably do like phone addiction and shit, yeah. you know, like where it's just this compulsive automatic, you know, is there anything going on? Does anyone love me? You know, yeah, right. stuff, yeah. Like, it's really you know? about love. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's like we yeah, I think that the void is a lack of self-love like a personal void that yeah. we feel mm-hmm. and like with this when we don't fill it with self-love that's when that yeah. comes up is uh-huh. when we're in that void if we aren't feeling that with self-love exactly yeah. and then like um this this reality of like constant input because mm-hmm. that's kind of how i'm pretty sure like most people live it's like constantly whether you're watching tv you're looking at your phone you're you're eating uh you're listening to music it's just like this constant input for our consciousness it doesn't allow any space for us to tune in with ourselves exactly and that's just like the most powerful thing is to tune in with ourselves. To tune into ourselves and to tune into the earth. Yeah. And that was actually my, what I was trying to make a point of was painting that whole picture. Is that, you know, only in this tiny fraction have we been living like this. Our mm. biological bodies, our, mm. our DNA, our genes, you know, need to have our naked feet on the earth. Mm-hmm. We need to be exercising and using our bodies daily because that's how these yeah. machines were built were developed, uh-huh. evolved, you know. We are intelligent, you know, inter-evolving species. So I, I know that we're adapting, but at the same time, like we have to the the body, just like the emotions, you know, t- are slower than mm-hmm. our minds. Right. So the the biology, it's gonna take time for evolution to catch up with our technological evolution yeah. you know so we have to be gentle with ourselves and like definitely don't be beating yourself up for phone addiction or any kind of addiction like our bodies are you know we we i don't like to say designed but developed and evolved to you know um to uh favor sugar and sweetness and that type of thing and fruit because mm-hmm. it's it was historically speaking more rare you know and that's that's the way that the earth communicated to the human that this fruit is good for your energy it's sweet it excites you mm-hmm. you know and now we've like isolated that one exciting thing and we put it in 
everything. everything. <laughs> but we took out the fiber. Yeah. Is, I almost think or of it anything as like, healthy about yeah, it. I almost think of it as like, you know, sugar or any type of nutrients being like the item within a package, you know, and we historically and biologically speaking have been eating the whole package. Right. And mm. our body knows how to un, un, zip it you know you know if it's like a zip file on your computer or something like that like our body knows how to unpackage that thing and integrate it yeah in ways that make sense biologically but when and you, each part is important for our body yeah 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 but when we isolate just the item just the thing in the package there's no packaging your, your body's like what is this like yeah. what do i do with this i don't know how to just have the nutrients i need the fiber to like know how to do that. mm-hmm. that's not backed up in any science like, whatever that's yeah. my intuition about how it works but mm-hmm. i think there is something to that you know yeah just like when you isolate cocaine from coca leaves like entirely mm-hmm. different experience mm-hmm. you know whatever caffeine yeah. from coffee or or from green tea like you know you just take in energy shots of like straight caffeine like it's different mm-hmm. it's different yeah so anyway my point is you know just like we're we're biological like animals on the earth and i think we've forgotten that mm-hmm. you know? yeah i definitely think most people have forgotten how animalistic we really are yeah just and how yeah we, we really are one with everything and yeah. so many people feel scared to be in the woods but that's like the safest place to be <laughs> in my opinion like what makes you say that's the safest I don't know. When it's just me and nature, I just feel so held. I feel mm. like I'm in the mother's womb. Wow. Kudos. Because <laughs> that's not very common <laughs> anymore, unfortunately. I know. I mean, there's so, so much fear, like you said. It. There's yeah, so much conditional fear. fear. I mean, you know, someone with me, super fair skin, like, I go outside, I got I to gotta fear the sun, getting sunburnt. You know, I got to fear the bugs. <laughs> The vamp, the tiny little vampires that are gonna come <laughs> suck my blood, you know, like yeah. there's so much, and um, and who knows, like, what things have been exacerbated by our positioning of being an industrialized mm-hmm. civilization, how that affects, you know, the way the the ozone layer, you know, the way the sun is interacting with our skin, mm-hmm. like maybe it's being magnetized by some, you know, ozone film that's like maybe making the UV rays like more dangerous than they otherwise would be. That yeah. type of thing. Like maybe the bugs are like way more vicious because yada, yada, yada. I also really believe that, um, well, since we, we, since we create our own reality, fear at- is like fear attracts what we are afraid of. And yeah, I personally, um, like through my experience in Hawaii, I don't feel any fears about anything related to nature anymore. Yeah. Um, and it has completely shifted. Like I don't, I don't ever think about sunburn. I, I never wear sunscreen and I'm outside all the time. I don't think about bugs. And in Hawaii, there's like, centipedes and fire ants and like all these wild bugs and giant cockroaches and they don't even it doesn't even cross my mind anymore i, I don't know like when the shift happened because i used to be like terrified if i'd see one spider in the room i'd start screaming mm-hmm. and now spiders crawl all over me and i <laughs> I, I love being visited by spiders like everything has shifted and n- they don't yeah it, it, i really do feel that it's fear 
that that creates the the issue. Um, because I used to get sunburned so easily, I don't get sunburned anymore. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. Yeah. I. I mean, I hundred percent agree. Agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, it's like I apply that knowledge and wisdom to certain aspects of my life and then totally forget about it mm. in other aspects you know it's conditioning and that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of what you know spiritual awakening is is the process of us examining how we got here yeah who we are what parts of those things are rooted in truth and love and harmony mm-hmm. and being and what are the what of those are rooted in becoming becoming better becoming worthy becoming you know all of these like self-limiting um beliefs and personalities that we wear yeah in different areas of our lives that have been conditioned and patterned through you know those patterns of society and, and family and ancestry and all this stuff you know yeah um that's kind of what the spiritual path is is really like taking off those layers mm-hmm. of our ego mm-hmm. and seeing what's left mm-hmm. you know yeah, and tuning back in with our child selves and like, mm. I don't know, if you think about, if we like, think about like a child, a, a, a pretty like young child before a bunch of fears are placed onto them, they're just running wild and, and you know, running through the creek and like mm-hmm. playing with bugs and... Um, Swimming in the creek naked. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no thought because they're just living in the yeah, moment. There's no fear. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, so much. It's really, it's so conditioned. The fear. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was so refreshing to see Nora and Callie and all those kids at Sage Valley just running wild mm-hmm. all weekend. You know, just like and it just reminded me, you know, like how much we need each other mm-hmm. as a community as yeah. individuals to the community mm-hmm. you know like we know that as adults but like even you know kids they need to be around each other yeah you know tribe. there wasn't a whole bunch of like oh mommy come play with me you know it's just like the kids are taking care of themselves mm-hmm. they're off doing what they want to do they're with yeah. their peers they're mm-hmm. with people that are in similar development stage you know de- developmental stages of their lives and yeah stuff, with you know? similar interests yeah. and energy levels and, and curiosity and yeah you know. it really tribe is so important that's like my heart song is like the importance of tribe it's just so crucial and yeah. then on the flip side of it is what you were already getting at like the shadows of tribalism you know the the culty sort of like grossness mm. that can come from yeah. when we when we give ourselves fully to the community without discernment mm-hmm. then it's like what individuals are leading this community and are their intentions yeah intention is really important rooted in harmony or they intend are they rooted in their own self-serving ego right. stuff and also like um on a on a personal level if if you're someone who is like exploring community and tribal kind of living it's really important to to also maintain sovereignty it's like cuz it's it's not codependency it's interdependence that mm-hmm. needs to be in in a community we all do need to support each other but at the same time we have to remain true to ourselves and and maintain that sovereignty so that we don't like blindly follow and i i personally believe in um egalitarian community which is that everyone's equal we all have a voice and we're Mm -hmm. all important and we all are different piece to this puzzle and not one piece is bigger than any other we're Mm -hmm. all the same and we all create this beautiful tapestry 
And yeah, that's why I don't so, really yeah. like hierarchical kinds of communities because it just seems like a replication of the society that we're living in. Right. We're right. we're all we all have a very special medicine to bring to the table. And um so that's where the self-love comes in. Uh, when we are able to truly tune in with ourselves and see ourselves and love ourselves, we can show up in our own unique frequency boldly and confidently and not get lost. In, and that's like, this is the thing I have the most trouble with in living in community is I get lost in just me, like serving the needs of everyone else and mm -hmm. trying to make sure everyone else's needs are met that I forget about my own. Right. But it actually, it seems like selflessness, but it turns into selfishness mm -hmm. because then I'm co totally drained and I can't give my best self to my community. Right. And then I end up taking out like all of my frustration on people. And so sure. sovereignty is so important. Just as much as we need each other, we need ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's a way, yeah, using discernment and, um, and maintaining sovereignty is really crucial if you're going to explore community life because mm -hmm. yeah it is important to not get lost into yeah following a false guru right right yeah i mean i think at this point any guru is a false guru you know what i mean i think the guru is the moment mm -hmm. the moment you know so we can be reminded by children mm -hmm. who know nothing about the wisdom that they speak you know yeah, it's not a yeah spirit, it's yeah. not a gather around children listen to me preach you know it's like a right. just living being living harmony living in spirit um you know i think i i suspect and maybe i i guess i probably heard this from someone um you know going into the age of aquarius out of the age of pisces that like part of that is that i feel that we're evolving beyond the the need for a guru Mm -hmm. You know, because in the age of Pisces, yeah, I mean, you know, the rules and the uh, the the pattern of being shifts right throughout time. Mm -hmm. So you know, we we may need something today that we don't need tomorrow, mm -hmm. type of thing. So I think you know, Ram Dass, perfect example. Like, there's a guru that, like, I mean, he he literally had a guru. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a, Maharaji. Yeah, there's a tradition and a path there that he tapped into, and he sort of acted as a guru you know maybe without the form for, formal formality but he acted as a guru for countless people like you and me you mm -hmm. know in the west that you know just hippies that came across be here now yeah i mean legit he mm -hmm. he turned a lot of people on yeah and that's a beautiful thing that but if we great. create him create a deity out of him yeah put him to, on a pedestal yeah right right and then make it about the ego make it about the form of being rather than the being itself mm -hmm. you know that's a word i use a lot and i think one of these days i'm gonna have to break it down a little bit more but being to me that's like that's everything like and it's it's a verb it's not a noun like mm -hmm. i'm not talking about anything in particular i'm talking about the mystery unfolding it's being mm -hmm. it's this being that is ever present you know and we get to talk about it when mm -hmm. we're in these ego forms we get to think yeah. about it we get to postulate about it we get to have fun remembering how beautiful and mysterious and perfect it is <laughs> you know only through the game of hide and seek like only through our suffering are we able to have that excitement of yeah. remembering mm -hmm. you know but it is here all the time and i feel that we're so distracted by becoming mm -hmm. we're so distracted by this idea that we need to 
improve ourselves, that we, that there are problems and there are urgent solutions that need to be created and all this stuff. And like, all of that is like, it's almost like it's fact, but it's not true. You know, it's real, but it's not true. Mm. Like it, it is real in this reality. We do need to embody solutions mm-hmm. if we don't want to live something that would be more suffering and be more destructive and ugly. You yeah. know, it's like we have options, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in truth, like nothing needs to happen because it's already being what it is, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't need our ego's approval on what's right and wrong. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So we've had a lot of really delicious uh, conversation here. So yeah. I think we should probably uh, come to a close. Something at the end that I like to ask is uh, a couple of things. First, was there anything from the conversation that you wanted to bring up that you didn't get a chance to say? Mm. And then second, if you want to think about both of them, um, is there anything from the conversation that you wanted to highlight? Maybe if, if there's something in particular that we could like bring into action you know, a takeaway, that would be even better. Maybe just, um, cause I only, I, I kind of only touched on like the rough parts of my experience in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So I could give like a, a, um, a quick like overview of the, of all like the beauty that I sure, yeah. experienced and how we can bring that sort of beauty into our everyday reality. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I mean, I'm definitely curious about the specifics of the rest of that story, but I didn't know if you would want to like <laughs> tell the whole story in one sitting. But yeah. yeah, that's that's a perfect yeah. way of yeah capping that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd say like in general. So then I I ended up exploring multiple living situations, multiple communities in Hawaii, and. Um, through all of that, I, I gained so much connection with the community there, like the broader community and, um, the, 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 the culture of Hawaii and the Hawaiian people and, um, that my connection with the, the earth there, um, it was really expanded and, um, some of the core values, uh, is I guess my biggest takeaway from my experiences in Hawaii is the core values. Um, one is you know uh, aloha, the aloha spirit, uh, which is love. Um, and and that is like what's ingrained in the culture, and um, that love is like, yeah, truly seeing one another and um, supporting one another, and th- there's just so much, so many family vibes there. Um, where like, like everything, it's like on island time, everything's slower and like nothing, nothing is the norm. This like fast paced reality that we live here where we're like going to the grocery store and like, um, just like getting what we need and leaving or even ordering our food so that we don't have to go and see anyone there. It's like the complete opposite. Like the, the grocery store, uh, we call it the natch. They're like, it's like the natural food store. It's like the place to go to socialize. And like, basically everyone goes there. Like anytime they go to town, we go to the natch and like, you'll run into like 
10 different friends there every time oh and end up having picnics in the parking lot and i will literally spend an entire day at the grocery store because wow <laughs> yeah That's and it's just like so friendly i know all the like all the clerks we, we all know each other by oh name my gosh. That's and so we check beautiful. in with each other and we're all sharing food outside and um it's just like so incredible wow. and just even know that that's possible yeah it's so possible it's so possible it's so possible (laughs) oh my gosh gosh. it's really real and i know it's it's like it's it's really happening there but i know we can bring it here um and everywhere all over the world um just the yeah really like slowing down and tuning in with ourselves and each other is so important and really like check like not just saying how are you uh, for quick conversation how are you good how are mm-hmm. you good like that's it's like how are you and then really taking the moment to be present with someone and mm-hmm. see how they are and we just we we're also isolated in this reality and i think that's like the biggest problem is isolation and so it, like one thing to take away if you're listening is just to really be present with one another as much as we can and to just slow down. We don't need to get everywhere on time. We don't need to get so many things done in a day. We can just be. All mm-hmm. we really need to do is be and everything else is going to take care of itself. 100%. 100%. And yeah, if we could just like feel that love in our hearts and share it with the people around us, we can make big differences in this world. Yeah. Thank you, Bella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're so right that isolation is, like, a serious epidemic. Mm -hmm. Honestly, this whole podcast is, like, my reaction to that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an attempt to, like, it's an excuse to have great conversations with my homies, you Mm -hmm. know, first and foremost, you know. And if I can share that with anyone, if there's five people on the internet that want to tune into this vibe, like, it's here for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, it's so easy to get isolated on the internet, which is just so ironic because it's the sense that we're all connected mm-hmm. and we are in spirit all the time. We are, you know, mm-hmm. connected. we're always connected, but we've set up these, <sighs> we've, we've facilitated this distraction for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to add one thing to what you're saying is like to, you know, to be present with people is like, you don't, and you said like to just be. And you don't have to be anything in particular. You don't have to be beautiful or put together. Like, and that's my problem is that like when I'm in my hour of darkness to quote <laughs> Paul McCartney, um, you know, like I, I, I isolate even more. Like I don't mm. want to be seen. I don't want to be heard. I, I convince myself that I don't have the energy for it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the last thing I want to do is something that like is already out of my comfort zone is like hitting someone out, you know, like, especially like with my voice, like, having a phone call or something like that yeah. you know but just to let someone know like yo i'm feeling funky like mm-hmm. whatever like i'm sure e- even if they're like feeling worse than you they're probably going to be elated that you're reaching out and want to connect yeah. and that's going to immediately lift both of your vibes mm-hmm. yeah i think a lot of people are programmed to hide their shadows mm-hmm. and that's what brings like that's what encourages people to want to isolate when alone but I mean, when feeling sad, to just be alone. But really, we are all in this together, and we're all experiencing very similar things. So if we could just, like, take our masks off and just be our real, raw, authentic selves, we'll we'll start to notice that we have a lot more in common. And, yeah, um, yeah and that will help us with unifying. 
Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Mahalo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs>